Hey, podcast. Welcome to episode three of the iGrind podcast. Happy Friday. I hope you all are ready for the weekend and ready to have an amazing weekend. I hope that this week was a great week and it really sets it off for a good weekend. About iGrind, it's about why you grind. It's, it's inspiring you to grind. And this is one thing that I see is I see everybody who wants to make it or who wants to be there or who wants to be an influencer or make a million dollars. And they're excited for the weekend so they can go play. Here's something that you need to understand. Playing on the weekends is great. That's If you want to do that, that's cool. But in the same sentence, you can't say that you want to go play on the weekend, but you also want to be a millionaire. Because while millionaires play on the weekend, they worked their asses off to get to where they're at so they can play on the weekend. And when they were working to get there, they didn't always, if at all, play on the weekend. Now, on this episode, I do want to share with you a little bit about my grind, about the work that I've put in to get where I'm at. Because everybody's got to put in the work. You have to. So on this episode, I'm going to share a little bit with you of my grind. And then at the end of this episode, and what I would like to start doing is I would like to start a segment called Why I Grind. Why I Grind. Okay, just two words, or just the two words, why and then I grind. So I would like you and I will, I, I'm inviting you to come leave a message on Anchor if you listen on the Anchor app. If you don't, you can download the Anchor app for free and set up an account. And this is great because you can actually leave voice messages that I can turn around and, and put on the podcast. Now, if you don't want to listen on Anchor, maybe you're listening on Stitcher or uh, you're waiting for it to come out on iTunes or you're waiting for it to come out on, on Google Podcasts or something like that or on Spotify, that's fine. Um, if you're listening ever on those formats, you can always email igrindpodcast at gmail.com. That's igrindpodcast at gmail.com. And that is going to be, at least at this point in time, the main email for the podcast for me to communicate with the listeners, with you guys. So um, I want to have professional email addresses for the rest of the business part of the account. And I will soon have one for everybody else uh, just for communicating. But right now, the iGrind podcast is for the listeners to communicate with me through that platform. So I definitely appreciate it. Now I'm going to go ahead and jump in to why I grind and what I've done to get where I'm at. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Since I was young, I was selling lemonade at lemonade stands. I loved selling at garage sales. And to be completely honest with you, I even loved going door to door selling this stuff for school because even though I wasn't making any money, I loved going out and having the interaction with people. Like I couldn't wait till we had something to sell for school or for Boy Scouts or any other project that I was a part of. I, I couldn't wait to go out and, and, and just sell whatever they had. I loved sales, which is strange because later on in life, sales became more difficult for me. And I believe that sales became more difficult because uh, when I was younger, I didn't mind being told no. For some reason, at some point in time, 
my brain told me that it wasn't okay to hear no on sales and I started getting frustrated. But I've had a lot of sales jobs and I've done a lot of sales in my life. And I guess to really be an entrepreneur, that's something that you have to really like to do. Because if you don't like selling a product, then even if you're doing B2B or B2C, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't like selling a product, you're going to have a real hard time selling a product. And for me, I realized, hey, I really like selling these other people's products. What would be great is if I was making that money. If it was my product and I was selling my product, then I can be making that money. So I had tried and failed at I don't know how many businesses. But here's one thing about me. I refused to get any regular job for any long period of time because in my mind, if I got settled into a cushy, comfortable job, then that means that I would forget my entrepreneurial dreams of actually doing something with my life and becoming something and starting the businesses or business or whatever the heck it was that I wanted to do. So it took some time and it took a shit ton of failures. I don't know how many. It took being broke. I had to steal food at one point in time. I had to sneak into my brother's house because, or into his garage so I could sleep. So I was out of the cold at times. And I did this because I, my parents didn't understand me and I was so strong-headed on becoming an entrepreneur and my family really thought I was lazy. You just don't want to get a job. And I'm like, no, I'm working on a business now that could take care of all of us in 10 years. You know, like this is, it was something that I always did. I always put myself in, in, in a wrong position just to try and, because I believed that, I believed what I was doing. I believed in what I was doing. I believed in where I was going. And it didn't matter what business idea it was at that time. It was going to happen. It was going to happen. And there's times you get desperate and you make wrong decisions. And I definitely made wrong decisions. And I've been there. I've taken care of my stuff. I've paid what I've had to pay in, in, in repercussions. Because you got to remember, whenever you do something, there's always going to be repercussions. And that affects your life. But it's those experiences that I went through that made me realize, hey, okay, this is what I want to do. But... There's ways that you got to be able to do it. Even if I get a job while I'm supporting myself while starting a new business, at least then I don't have to steal food to eat, you know? So that's something that that is, it, but it's the passion. It's the grind. It's the belief in yourself that, hey, I can and I will do this. I will succeed and I will achieve my goal of living my life the way that I want to and being happy regardless of what anybody else says. Let's fast forward some. I turned 18 in 1996. I'm 40 years old. And from 1996 to 2006, I pretty much couch surfed. I was a bum in a sense. I All I did was try different ways to start different businesses and tried to learn. I did have jobs for two, three weeks at a time, a month at a time. I think that there was uh, two times that I had construction jobs for almost a year um, or just over a year. So there were times that I was working, of course, but I was also just using that money to 
try and start any business I can. At that time, I was definitely not responsible. I'm going to be completely honest. And there were times that I wish that I would have been different. But I didn't take care of my bills. I didn't do anything. And to be honest with you, I was working to start businesses. But on the other side, I was still out playing, having fun. I went out every Friday and Saturday night. And that just doesn't work when you go out and then you're trying to put the rest of your money towards your business. So all of those businesses failed. Then for some reason... Something clicked in about 2004, and I was running a moving company, and I'd done it for about a year, and the moving company shut down. But when I was working at that moving company, something in me had changed, and I started working seven days a week just ridiculously. Like, I was working seven days a week, nonstop, no vacations. I didn't have any family. And I just realized that, hey, if I really want to go somewhere in life, if I really want to do something in life, and if I want to own my own business, then check this out. I need to work my butt off. And one of the things that kind of gave me that drive was the owner of the company, the moving company that I was working for, was sick. And I was basically the top dog at the company. We, we knew at some point in time he was going to pass, and they had talked about leaving the company to me. So I, that, that's when everything clicked that, hey, I can have my own business. It's actually already doing very well. All I have to do is apply myself. I grew that company from just a couple of guys uh, and one moving truck to three moving trucks and seven guys working for me in a matter of months. Really did well. When the owner passed, they just dissolved the company and I didn't get anything. But at that time, medical cannabis was really starting to take off in Colorado. And I myself had medical issues that I was dealing with with bone tumors in my legs. So this work ethic that I had, this newfound drive and work ethic that I had found within myself and the, the hidden opportunity of this company, this moving company, uh, being shut down instead of being handed over to me, steered me in the direction of where I am now in 2018, 14 years later. One of the businesses that I've always done and held dear to my heart is club and concert promotions. While getting back into club and concert promotions, thinking that was the key after the moving company fiasco and, and not getting this company and feeling really down and about myself, I decided that I would get back into throwing after parties and that this was my way to really kind of get back into the entertainment side of things. There was somebody that I worked with in local radio, Blaze Bradford, uh, that worked for a local hip-hop station that was number two in the city of Denver. And I always used to use him for promos and such when doing radio commercials or even having him come to the events and just kind of host the events. So I contacted him about doing some more events and seeing what was going on. And I come to find out that he had just got fired from the radio station and was actually getting ready to start doing this new thing called Internet Radio. Now, at the time, podcasts were, were barely heard of, and it was called Internet Radio. 
okay? And really, it was nothing more than a podcast. It was a segment of radio, internet radio, so to speak, that they would do once a week at, at a specified time, and it would be live, but then the episode would also be recorded, and they some would have video, some would just have audio. It kind of really just depended upon the setup that you had, but you had to have a large setup. You had to have a mixer and microphones and cameras and this and that, and usually more than one computer. Now, things were buzzing in the cannabis industry in Colorado, and things, they were really just like, there. it was really no holds barred. Medical cannabis had been passed and had been uh, around for many years, coming up on like seven, eight years, and uh, because it was in 2000 when it passed. So uh, people started saying, hey, I could, I could just get a business license and open a dispensary and sell as long as I'm accepting medical patients, and that's when the industry really started to take off. So Blaze told me about this internet radio show that he was doing, and, and it was three hours long, and he asked me if I wanted a one-hour segment to do my own show. He said he loved my vibe, he'd been around me enough, and he liked the way I sounded and that I would do radio very well. So I thought this was great. This is this, is this radio guy telling me that I'd be great for radio, and it's internet radio, so it reaches more people than FM radio. Of course, it didn't have the buzz then. It didn't have the simplicity now with apps on your phone and and all of that stuff. Basically, the people who were at work could listen. So now I set off to do my segment. Being as I had health issues and was just recently becoming a medical marijuana patient, I chose that, hey, this is a new industry that I believe is going to go a long way, a very long way. So let me go ahead and do an episode and do a little show once a week about medical cannabis, how it can help you, what different things they're finding out. Again, this is this is 10, 15 years ago to 12 years ago. So uh, it's not like all the information was widely available. There's Leafly to tell you all the different um, uh, strains and what they do. and all. That was not there then. So I said, let's do this. The first show that I did, we had five times as many listeners on my one-hour segment then we did his segment the hour before me and somebody else's segment the hour after me. That right there is when I knew that one, I'm damn good at promotions, and two, I am I'm gonna do this in medical marijuana. I'm do I'm going to start and create a radio show. And I'm gonna go so far as to take it to FM radio. That was my goal. So this was about 2006 or 2007. I had decided this was it. I am going to do this. So I stayed on with Blaze for another week. The next show, numbers were even bigger than the week before. Now I'm only talking a few hundred people, but at this time, internet radio was not big. So it really was based upon the amount of people that you had in your following on MySpace and Facebook. That's how old this was. And any other little social media things that were trying to pop up at that time. But mainly, it was MySpace and Facebook. So, I went ahead and decided that, hey, maybe I should do something a little bit different. Maybe I should start my own station and do it just for marijuana. Now, I could go ahead and still use Blaze's segment each week. And I could go ahead and and use that to help propel my station. 
Well, of course, he didn't like that. Saw me doing my own station as a, def- as a direct threat to him. So that was uh, that. Basically, that relationship was done and over with as soon as I wanted to do my own thing. And I didn't. It, to me, I just didn't enjoy sitting around doing other radio stuff all the time because it was more of I liked hip hop music, and but they were covering hip hop music. So I couldn't really do a show that was covering hip-hop music because that was Blaze's main thing. That's what he dealt with on FM radio. So, of course, he was taking that show to the Internet. So I didn't feel it was direct. He felt it was direct. We ended that relationship. And at the time I started No Excuses Radio. I ran No Excuses Radio for quite some time just off a laptop, and I can't even remember the uh, the the system, and I'm going to think of what it was, radio.com or something like that, but basically I could do a podcast, and all I had to do was call into this number on my phone and then go ahead and co- record it. It would use my phone as the microphone and then record it right online. I could have I could call other people and they could be on the call as well. It was it was quite unique and it was something that other people in the industry were not necessarily doing. Now, again, it was still internet radio. It was not called podcasting, but what I did was different. I did a 2-hour live show 5 days a week where everybody else was doing an hour Maybe a two-hour live show once a week. I was doing mine five days a week, Monday through Friday, just like it was a regular job. I'm serious. This was my grind. And, of course, it took more than just two hours of live show. I had to come up with guests and contact them and reply to emails. At the time, I had my assistant, who is now my wife, that was helping me. But it was tough. I built that from scratch. I toured the west coast of the United States. I went and did speeches about cannabis and, and medical cannabis in Florida and Wisconsin, as well as, as Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington State, New Mexico. There was has been many of them that I've went around and, and, and spoke about stuff all because of this internet radio station. I didn't have no fancy cars. As a matter of fact, I didn't even have a car. I, I did it through flying. I did it through uh, Craigslist ride shares. And because uh, my assistant, my wife at the time came, to, or my wife now, with her friend came and finished part of the tour with me because they had a car. So I made stuff happen even when I didn't have a vehicle. That right there is grinding. Sponsors paid for the whole trip. So I, it's not like I was I was living out of stuff. I had several different events in multiple different cities and states and I was I had sponsors every event that I was going to I made I made money from being at that event even though I was just broadcasting it on my station they wanted my reach of people that right there is dedication and it's the grind finally I got to a point where I could actually get a building for my radio station I make radio is what it was called by this time Okay, we'll skip ahead a little bit. It was called iBake Radio. In about 2010 or so, I changed it from No Excuses Radio to iBake Radio. And then in 2013, tragedy struck in a bad way. Nobody passed away, but it was some tragedy. But out of it came the biggest and most successful business that I have had. I bake Denver.
So at the beginning of 2013, I was staying at my grandma's condo. She knew that it was going to be foreclosed on, so she had gotten an apartment. And I was staying there until they foreclosed on it. My assistant and I, who is now my wife, a little tree, shout out. Anyway, I went ahead and, or we went ahead and they were going to kick us out. But at the time they were doing so many foreclosures and my grandma had been at that property for 32 years. Bank of America was actually paying some customers to just foreclose without taking the proceedings all the way to court. They found that if they just take the money that they would have used on lawyers or a portion of it, and they actually give it to the people who are being evicted or who are being foreclosed on, it helps those people, and they can cut the proceedings down. They don't have to go to court, and it makes the process a lot faster. They basically make a deal with you. You get all of your stuff out of the house by a certain date. You hand over the keys to them, and they hand you over a check. So they offered $5,000 to go ahead and just make this happen with my grandma's house. My grandma said, go ahead and take that money and get you a place. So at this point in my life, my wife, who, who was not my wife at the time, but my wife and I had an important decision. And that decision was, do we get a place, which she really wanted to do, or do we use this money as an investment into a building so we can have a place for the radio show? So we got a building that, and slept on the floor. So we opened our business in the front and slept on the floor in the back. Couldn't even have a bed in there because we could not be living there. It was a business, and it said in our lease that we could not live there. So every day we had to pack up everything, hide it behind a uh, couch so people, so it didn't look like we were actually living in our business. But we knew that it was going to happen. So I started doing the show every morning out of the business just like I had before two hours a day five days a week and after the first couple of days from starting the show at eight in the morning and ending at 10 after 10 o'clock I'm like yo we've got all day that we could be doing something here so we looked up the logistics of what we could do to start a cannabis club because cannabis had just recently been legalized although it was going to take a year for dispensaries to be able to open Cannabis had actually just been legalized approximately three months previously. The vote was in November, and then the governor signed the bill on the 10th of December. On February 15th, 2013, we opened up iBake Denver, the first legal cannabis club and legal place to consume marijuana in the Denver metro area. We were the second recreational cannabis club in the United States and the first in the Denver metro area. That, jumping forward, led to not only a lot of news interviews, but it led to me being able to take my radio show onto FM radio on Smokin' 94.1 FM in Denver, Colorado, the first mar- FM, or, uh, FAA-regulated marijuana radio station, or FCC-regulated, sorry, marijuana radio station, in the U.S. So I was able to actually and it achieve my goal of becoming the first person to take an internet radio show all the way to FM radio, totally about cannabis. And it was a goal that I had set in 2006. And I actually saw that goal come to life in 2015. So it took being open with iBake, all the news, all the grinding, all the hard work for two years 
and I was able to finally see it. Now, then, of course, that station was sold to iHeartRadio a few months um, after I started, and iHeartRadio turned into a sports station. That doesn't stop the fact that I achieved my goals, but it still took almost 10 years to do it. And there were times that, that it didn't feel like I was going anywhere. It felt like I was working my butt off to go nowhere. But you want to know something? It's all that groundwork that you lay. It's, it, it, it's, I like this analogy. If a farmer goes out and half-ass plants his crop at the beginning of the sp- in spring, he's not going to be expecting a rich, huge, luscious crop at the end of the fall when it's harvest season. But if he goes out there and he diligently turns the soil and plants the seeds and makes sure everything's taken care of, he's going to have a nice, fat, lush crop. The only thing is, is it's going to take a few months and it's going to take hard work. Well, think about that and turn the weeks of those months into years. It could take 12 years. But guess what? If you work your ass off every day, you can get there. I'm testament to that. That has opened so many doors. And being in business and grinding has opened so many doors. I didn't make nothing on FM radio, to be honest with you. I barely made squat. But it was the fact that I was able to do something that I set my mind to. You can do it too. Set your mind to it. Don't listen to anybody else. And grind. So let's wrap this episode up. Here's the thing. I can't sell cannabis and I don't sell cannabis at my club. I don't have a license to do that. We're just a legal place for people to be able to consume cannabis. But there's a couple of things that are really interesting about this. One, over the last almost six years of cannabis legalization, we've been the only recreational marijuana club in the Denver metro area that has opened, that has followed every rule that we're supposed to do and follow and is still open and is still in business. So while we may I'm not flexing on Instagram with million dollar cars, I've got something unique. One, I make $100,000, $200,000 a year. I live life on my own terms. I haven't worked in my shop in almost five years. While I still work, I'm not actively working in the shop every day just until recently. And that's because I want to get back in touch with my customers. I know that there's times to time to do upgrades and paint and change some stuff in the shop because we do that about every two or three years. But usually, I'm, I was living upstairs in the shop. I lived, My wife and I lived upstairs finally. We were able to expand and get the part upstairs. So we had an upstairs part to our shop. And we lived in our shop as an apartment upstairs for four years. Four years before we were able and comfortable enough to move out and and get a place so we, we can go ahead and live our lives. We didn't want to be living above our business 24-7. But that's the dedication that we have. That's the dedication that you have to have. Honestly, and we had many people tell us we weren't going to make it. Heck, we knew at the time that at some point in time, the county or some sort of state government uh, or something like that was going to possibly try and shut us down. So not only did we start a business with very little money, 
cash strapped. Like we had the $5,000 that was being paid to move out of the house. So we paid first and last and didn't have much money. So we had a cash strapped business from the start, living in it. But because of the cost of, of, of no rent and, and living in it, we were able to make it. We were able to make it, and you can too, but you have got to listen to yourself, not anybody else, and you've got to grind. Don't be mad if it doesn't happen in three months, six months, a year, three years, five years. You have to grind. You have to know and believe in your head that it's going to happen. Every day you have to lay that footwork down and that grind down so when you harvest, you have got a very lush harvest and you've got a full crop. Serious. You can do it. And everybody thinks that at some point in time that they can't. There's many points in time that I thought I can't, I wouldn't. And I'll be honest with you. There's still days that I feel that way. It took me years to jump back into podcasting after the internet radio station was sold. Because I wanted to get into something else besides just cannabis because I didn't feel that because my because I did a cannabis show, it should be taken away that quickly. So here's the thing. Why do I grind the new segment that we're going to be doing each day? If you're listening on Anchor, you can go ahead and leave a message and let me know why you grind. The first I Grind episode by me coming up next. Why do I grind? I grind because I want to make the world a better place. I want to provide a life for my family that you may not or they may not be able to get to have with just working at a regular job. Plus, I want to have the freedom of being able to spend time with my family if I want to spend six or eight or ten weeks of the year with my family. I can do that when I'm an entrepreneur. I can do that when I'm living life on my own terms. You can't do that if you're strapped to a job. Now, I'm not saying don't get a job. I'm saying if you don't want a job, if you want to uh, to do something more, here's the other thing. You can grind at a job too. You can grind to work your way up. You can grind to be the top of the company or the top of your division or whatever it is. Whatever your grind is, your grind should be to make you happy. And to me, providing for my family and giving them some extra things. Being able to walk down the street and hand out doobies to homeless people or hand out free clothing to homeless people and have that money there to be able to do that. That's, that's, it's not the grind for the money. It's the grind to be able to give back to others. The grind of producing a podcast every morning that inspires people to go out and do their best and live their best life. That's why I grind.